0: welcome to the future history of sports talk radio when did it start where is it going and how different is it on either side of the 49th parallel this is part oral history part love letter and part roundtable on radio's most entertaining and exciting radio format joining us on this audio journey are three experts who bring three distinct points of view on the all sports radio station Richard Dietz is a sports media writer for The Athletic and is a co-host of Primetime Sports with Bob McCowan on The Fan 590. Rick Scott from Rick Scott & Associates. RSA Sports International Inc. established in 1992, is the leading sports radio programming and marketing company in the world. Rick is a top talent consultant. Kelly Kirsch is the program director of Sportsnet 960 The Fan. A veteran Western Canadian radio talent, Kirsch is the longest serving member of the 960 team. And your host is Rob Kerr, co-host of The Big Show, weekday afternoons on Calgary's home of Sports Talk Radio, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Chapter
1: 4. One of the amazing tug-of-war's that has always been part of Sports Talk Radio, almost from day one, is the importance of local content versus national programming let's define that just a little bit better. In the United States, there's ESPN Radio Network, Fox Sports Radio Network, CBS Sports Radio Network. Those are the big ones. So if you don't have your own local radio station, you might have a radio station from one of those sources, and they might mix in a little local programming content throughout the day. But for the most part, they provide 24-hour-a-day nationally-focused sports radio coverage. Another option for program directors is picking up nationally syndicated shows to supplement their daily schedule. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, Colin Cowherd are among the more popular choices whose shows focus on stories with national appeal. Here in Canada, things are slightly different. We talked about the team radio network, which lasted less than two years in the early 2000s. It can't be viewed as a complete failure because it gave rise to many of the full-time sports talk stations operating locally in this country today. Both Sportsnet and TSN have some shared programming that could be viewed as national, but outside of the Jays or Raptors play-by-play, Bob McCowan's Primetime Sports is this country's really only successful nationally syndicated sports show. My personal belief is that radio is still around today because it remains the best option for local content. I mentioned in the last chapter that Richard Deitch interviewed Mike Francesa on a Sports Illustrated podcast in 2017. One of the things Francesa said was he didn't believe that national sports talk content could ever beat good local sports content. I asked Deitch if he agreed with that perspective.
2: Locals should still win against national on terrestrial essentially every time, especially in major cities. In New York, there's no way ESPN Radio is ever going to beat local sports talk. There's no chance. Same in Philly, same in Washington, same in most major cities. Uh, Maybe there's an outlier or two. Where national sports talk can still dominate, smaller, smaller cities, college cities, where you're not going to have a lot of massive or local sports talk. But Francesca's correct on that. Because if you – I'll just take – I'll use my city just as an sure. example. If it's, if it's October and this current Yankee team is in the postseason and they're going against the Red Sox in the American League Championship Series and you are so pumped to watch that game at 7 o'clock tonight, are you going to listen to the local sports talk people going three, three and a half hours on that game with guests dissecting and analyzing everything about that game? Or are you going to listen to Mike uh, Golick and Trey Wingo – Discuss, um, you know, the Cavs' uh, off-season moves or the Warriors' off-season moves. I mean, look, in that sense, National has no chance, and National has to appeal to the most pop, uh, the, the biggest possible audience. So they have to basically focus on um, major sports and the major teams within that those sports. So while they would probably talk a little bit about the Yankees in their show, there's no they no way they would go three plus hours. Yeah, and I think Francesca mentioned this too. Is you're part of the community. You know, you can do um, you can do external events with your audiences. Whether you're talking at uh, a local bar, or talking in a local theater, uh, you know, you're out at certain games and you do live remotes from certain games where you can meet the public. National people can't do that; they got no shot. So I, I think local is always going to be national in major cities. Um, I don't think that has a chance to change. But this is very much an American perspective. Maybe it's a little different in in Canada. I have to sort of identify and study each of the cities. But in that sense, Francesca is correct, uh, and that should not change. The only way that changes is if it gets too expensive for local sports stations to just um, to continue to sort of put the product on. You know, whether it's too expensive to have certain talent, or you know, too expensive or not making enough money in terms of ad revenue. Hmm. But otherwise, I think local sports is is always going to be national in terms of sports talk radio. They, they just they just can provide stuff that the nationals cannot
1: well there goes mr deitch applying logic again as richard points out the local versus national debate in sports talk radio isn't a black and white issue every time but it is when it comes to business as nationally syndicated programming can be cheaper to use than to produce local content most sports talk radio stations will use a mix of local and national based on what ad revenue support it is after all a business but back to what we're talking about Rick Scott is one who believes national sports talk networks and syndicated shows are always going to fall behind local broadcasts.
3: I think the difficult thing for the net, for the networks, radio networks, especially here in the U.S., have has been that doing national content and no local, if you're a network, is very, very tough. Now, you can't do local, I mean, because you're a national show. Um, I think there are a couple of talent that that break that barrier, and you know Colin Cowherd is one guy who comes to mind. Um, Colin is an entertainer, so he doesn't necessarily drive off a of national content. He drives off his entertainment value, same way that Howard Stern uh, can do a national show, and 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 you know have a, have an appeal because it's it's entertainment. And, and you know Howard was on when he was on. Uh, terrestrial radio, obviously now on, on satellite. Mm. But uh, I think that it, um, um, the local piece is, is very important because people want, they want to know what's going on on, on with their local teams from that aspect. Now that doesn't mean that you don't do national content because team Canada, you know, Sure. Takes the Olympic gold. That's going to be a big story. And, you know, Rob Kerr is going to talk about it this afternoon, you know.
1: Mr. Scott makes a very important distinction there at the end. This conversation of local versus national isn't as simple as just talking about what's in your own backyard. Here's Kelly Kirsch. I think it's funny sometimes when
4: people talk about local programming because when local comes out, they say, well, you should cover every single thing. Like if there is a AAA hockey game on a Thursday, that's local. I don't think that's what local radio and local sports talk is. Local sports talk is the people that you have employed here at the station are talking about the things that the local people want to talk about. If they want to talk about, you know, the Dallas Cowboys or the Boston Red Sox, yes, we can talk about it, but we're going to have our local hosts do it and they're going to kind of put it into perspective for that sports fan in Calgary. We're still going to talk about, you know, our local teams for sure we're going to do that but it doesn't mean well local we just we won't even look past the the borders of calgary that's not what it is i think originally it was so you thought you know what and i i still get people say well you should cover the calgary canucks more or the calgary mustangs or why aren't you on the okotoks dogs and stuff and there's places to talk about that stuff but i i don't think um i i, I don't think uh, local radio has anything to do with the actual uh, if it isn't in the city, then people don't want to talk about it. I, I, I haven't found that. The Olympics go on every four years. People want to know a perspective of it. And they want to know, they get used to being, you know, entertained by the local hosts. And that's that's how we do things.
1: It is possible that I will be trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube on this discussion of local content versus national content. I asked Sports Illustrated's Richard Deitch if rather than local or national is the real question here... Have people become regionalized sports fans?
2: We have become a far more regionalized niche culture when it comes to sports. That doesn't mean we don't have interest nationally. Because, you know, we don't, the Super Bowl comes around and 111 million Americans are going to watch. Yep. The NCAA Final Four comes around and 30 million. But, yeah, as, as a general rule, you you are local first and then national second. So if you're in Calgary and you have any kind of, you know, you either work at the sports talk station or you work for the Calgary Sun or you're a local television sports reporter in Calgary, like if the flames are not your number one, number two, and number three story, you're, you're not going to have your job long. I mean that, that you just have to you have to cater to what your audience wants. But as we sort of continue continued this conversation, I think there's a way to do that smartly and intelligently. Mm-hmm. At least as a consumer, those are the places I respect the most. Is when you know I can learn something about a team or. Um, From either a conversation, sports talk, or, you know, a local television report. But to get to your question, yeah, we have absolutely become regionalized, even more regionalized. I feel like we're more, we're kind of a niche sports community now, where it's not even just regional. You may actually not just be a fan of the Calgary Flames. You may be like an analytics kind of fan of the Calgary Flames. So you want to read the people who are into C and these, like, um, New Age NHL stats, like th- there can be a podcast for you or there can be a website for you or you're just a general Flames fan and you want like transactions and um, and how the team is doing on a day-to-day basis, well there's obviously going to be stuff for you too, so not only to me is it regionalized, but we've become even pretty niche within our own region
1: Niche sports fans. The further fragmenting of the audience as more and more options present themselves. We started off this chapter talking about local sports content versus national sports content. But as Richard just mentioned, another technology could take this conversation in a whole new direction. While cord cutting to this point has been a television conversation, more and more people are forgoing the traditional cable company and relying on streaming services to give them access to their favorite TV shows. Is the radio version of streaming services podcasts? They are. And Deitch points that out. They add another layer to this conversation about niche content. I asked Richard of VC's podcast having a long-term detrimental effect on sports talk radio.
2: That's a hard one to answer because as long as you have a car culture, I think you're going to have terrestrial radio. Now, you could obviously have satellite radio in that car culture. But I think that I feel like that's going to exist in some form. They've been talking about radio ending forever, and I'm not sure I buy it. Uh, (laughs) You know, NPR still is out there in, in the States and has a mass of millions and millions of audience. But listen, podcasting is absolutely in my opinion here to stay. I think it's a growth play for sure. The thing that podcasting has maybe almost anything that I've seen in the last couple of years as a medium it is it has um, engagement and a sense of intimacy that you really do not find elsewhere to be able to like have uh, like broadcasters or Uh, in your ear for 40 minutes or two hours where you can stop and start and come back to them whenever you want or, or hang out with them at any time. That's an incredible potential medium. So I think the medium the the medium is going to continue to grow and it certainly will grow in sports. Um, I think the places that obviously will do the most uh, downloads and traffic will be big places like in my country, ESPN. And then some of the organic homegrown stuff that just hits because they've just, They've just hit on a topic that turns out people are fascinated by. Um, You know, for instance, the L.A. Times not too long ago um, had this really fascinating true life uh, crime story called Dirty John about a guy who basically was conning. He conned his way into this woman's life and made this woman's life uh, just awful. That was a very, very popular piece that they had in the paper. And because of the popularity of the piece, they decided to turn it into a five-part podcast. They ended up with eight million downloads or something like that for that podcast. So you, you will even be able to, in my opinion, take, um, take things that exist in another medium and turn them into podcast form. By the way, if you want to extend it to sports talk, say, um, you know, you have a sports talk host who's very popular in Calgary. The person does their three hour shift. Maybe then they just do an hour podcast of, uh, extra stuff that they just couldn't get to on the show. Or somebody who's a sports talk host does an hour podcast where they just do long form interviews. Because they can't do our interviews um, on commercial radio. So I I think the medium is here to stay, and I think it could really be a compliment. If Sports Talk Radio does it right, podcasting should be a compliment to them, not an impediment to them.
1: Safe to say, I'm right there with Richard. As I, for one, think of podcasts less as competition and more as something that can be complimentary. Say you want to spend some time talking about the history and the future of Sports Talk Radio. Eh, Never mind. According to Kelly Kirsch, he also doesn't see podcasting as direct competition to his radio station, but maybe more of an opportunity. I think people have to understand the one thing about radio is that we've learned
4: how to monetize our product fairly well. Podcasts haven't done that just yet. I mean, there's lots of podcasts, and I'm, I'm seeing more and more different measurements where people say, well, I have blankety-blank thousand downloads, but that means almost nothing. It's like, well, did they listen? Did they engage with you? I get a lot of emails I never read. As imagine you do, I get a lot of stuff that I don't click on. I see it, I get it. It's a podcast that gets fired in there, but if I get to it, I get to it. Um, I I think that I don't think I know every time something new comes along, where the where the rubber hits the road is if if they can monetize it. If you can make money on it, then it'll be great. Otherwise, it's just a hobby. And I think I think there's some fantastic podcasts and some people are making money at it but the majority of people aren't monetizing it the way it should be and i think a, a radio station that has you know an office full of of account executives that can go get this i think it'll be the traditional media companies that make podcasts a little more accessible a little easier to understand and certainly way easier to make money on
1: Add Rick Scott to the list of people who does not think in the end that podcasting will hurt sports talk radio, but just help enhance the listening experience. And
3: this goes back to the platform uh, issue. You know, you're creating content when you do a radio show. So you want to try to use as many platforms as you, as you can. The um, thing that I've been intrigued about with podcasting is that the people that I talk to who use podcasts say, yeah, I like it because I can get more specifics, and I can get in depth about a particular situation, item, topic, whatever it might be. So, I think that podcasting is complementary um, to radio, and it, it it allows you to go deeper into a particular topic and um, do things that you normally wouldn't do on the radio because you know we're, we're trying to appeal to a broader segment of the audience from that aspect. You know, if I do a podcasting on windsurfing, you know, the people are going to, you know, I'm going to have fans of windsurfing and are going to be really excited. If I did a segment on the radio about windsurfing, people would say, what's wrong with you? You're out of your mind. You know? So the, the podcast gives people an option. It gives them a choice. They can listen or they cannot listen. And I think that's part of the thing that's happening now is that it used to be You know, radio and the media was in control, and you will listen to this, and you will watch this. Now it's a consumer that's in control, and I'll watch it, I'll listen to it when I want. Not not when you tell me I have
1: to. Just add a little bow on this conversation of local versus national content and podcasting. We hardly mention satellite radio and other streaming services like Twitch, and they can or do provide sports audio content. These platforms tend to be national in focus. According to Edison Research in their Ear of Canada study released in May of 2017, AMFM radio makes up 61% of Canadians' listening time to audio sources, while just 3% of that time is listening to podcasts. However, I will point out the share of ear Canada was commissioned by Radio Connect Canada's Radio Marketing Advocacy Group. So you have that going for you. Coming up next on the future history of Sports Talk Radio, we get into the gasoline that drives the Sports Talk engine. Content.